0: with a side of knowledge mini well with a side of knowledge listeners happy to be back with you with another one of our bonus mini episodes what makes me happy where i talk to a notre dame faculty member researcher about something that has nothing to do with their work but that makes them happy and i'm thrilled today because i'm joined by not one but two old friends of the podcast rich jones and Victoria St. Martin. Thank you for being here today with me. And I should say three because we have a, they have a third member there with you too.
1: There we go. It's great to be here. It's great to be here. And our, our third
0: member, you want to introduce her?
2: Yes, our third member is Elizabeth St. Martin Jones.
0: And She's only
2: five months.
0: She looks like, yeah, whatever. I, I, I do podcasts all the time. This is fine. So <laughs> exactly. Rich is...
2: Podcast. <laughs>
0: Rich is the Walter H. Annenberg, Edmund P. Joyce director of the Gallivan Program in Journalism, Ethics, and Democracy at Notre Dame. And he joined the university after spending nearly 20 years working as a journalist, including a decade at the New York Times. Victoria is a distinguished visiting journalist with the Gallivan Program and the print publications coordinator with Notre Dame Student Media. She came to Notre Dame after a 15-year career as a journalist, including as a breaking news and general assignment reporter at the Washington Post. As you may have figured out, they also happen to be married to each other. They are together with their beautiful daughter. And they also happen to be the very first return guests in the history of this podcast. And I'm, I, I'm very happy to have them back. And I'm going to uh, show tell you where to find their first episode at the end here because it's actually related to today. So what we're talking about, it's none of that journalism stuff. It's none of that great stuff. We are here to talk about Prince and Rich when I say the name Prince to you, as you are wearing your Purple Rain shirt right now, what is the first thing that comes to mind for you?
1: Oh, goodness. Uh, so many things. Just so many memories come flooding back. Um, you know, uh, uh, we, we were talking the other day about how, you know, our first date was at a Prince concert, <laughs> as I think we told you, you know, and, and his music has been the soundtrack of our relationship in, in a lot of ways. Uh, his his music has been the soundtrack of my life uh, since I was a teenager and saw Purple Rain as a as a as a you know a fourteen year old thirteen year old kid in, in Philadelphia. Joy, happiness—it's just so much comes, you know. And, and it's it's bittersweet now, of course, since he passed, right? right. Um, but, uh, but 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 uh, just so many wonderful memories about uh, just possibility and and I think there are many wonderful messages in his music that are that are relevant now. Um, you know, for for this moment especially, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of 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 what he was trying to say early on with with some of uh, you know the outrageousness, right? Mm-hmm. It was really about um, you know um, not just tolerance, right, but but celebrating difference, right, and and celebrating uh, the differences that we have, and celebrating how distinctive we all are, no matter what your style is, no matter you know what
0: you're drawn to.
1: Uh, and I think that's something that's uh, is a message that we could all do to hear right now uh, at this moment. So.
0: Absolutely. Victoria, do you have, and I and I know when I approached you about this, you said, well, I definitely have to do it with Rich because, I mean, Rich is the quintessential Prince fan, but do you have an earliest memory of, of him and his music?
2: I remember my aunt's, like when I was little, like um, sitting in the back of a of like her car and she had this like stick shift and (laughs) my sister and I thought it was so cool that she like knew how to work a stick shift and with like two fingers. And we were like, wow, she's so cool. Wait till I tell her, I'll have to send this to her. And then like she started playing Prince and we were like, what is that? (laughs) Like my sister and I were like, what's the name of that artist you know like he's super cool he has to be amazing she's listening to it so yeah that's probably my earliest memory of Prince you know I was I don't know 12 10 12 um and um and it was funny because you know you know singing Purple Rain like you know in my room like yeah
0: well I rich pointed out to me the day he asked me if I set this up. I didn't. Yesterday, the day before recording this, was the thirty-sixth anniversary of Purple Rain, which is crazy. Especially since when we did the first podcast together, I think it was it was the anniversary of either when you met each other or or, or something like that. And that was a Prince concert. So yeah. Yeah. there's some weird sort of something going around us talking about Prince, I think.
2: Awesome. The That's universe awesome. works in strange ways. Yes. The That's
0: right works in strange ways. Prince
2: is looking down on us, <laughs> like, "Yes, talk about my music."
0: So, Rich, you had you had mentioned there that you know his music really, in some ways, being just as, if not more important now than ever in celebrating difference. And I imagine was that a thing that even as a thirteen or fourteen year old, that even in the moment. Was that as a Prince fan? Was that the thing that maybe I, I wouldn't say you know made him unique among artists, but definitely sets him apart from a lot of other artists that you almost have a a sense as a fan of the music that it's about something bigger?
1: Yeah, 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 you know, and, and I think I don't, I, I probably couldn't have articulated this back then, right, as a teenager, right? But, <laughs> but I think, um, you know, the, the, he had his own style and he, and he kind of, you know, he marched his own drummer and, and, you know, I think as a as, as a black man, you hear so many stereotypes about the, the kind of taste that we should have, the kind of music we should listen to, and how we should behave, the kind of emotions we should show. Even mm-hmm. sometimes, you know. Uh, and I think his music was really about kind of defying those stereotypes. Right? Uh, the fact that he was he was able to embrace so wholly, you know, the, the kind of the very feminine side of his of his of his personality. You know, some would say. Uh, the fact that he was able to, you know, embrace musical forms that folks say, you know, rock music, you know, you like rock music. Uh, yeah, he, he played, you know, some, I mean, you know, punk new wave stuff, you know, in the early 80s before he moved into into Purple Rain and some of those beats. So um, it, it, I think just in so many ways, you know, defying stereotypes, defying expectations, um, encouraging people to listen to their hearts, to, to listen to their souls, to, to you know, uh, find their own voice and to follow their own compass. Um, I think that was something that was very inspiring to me as someone, you know, growing up in Philadelphia in a high poverty, high crime area. It was it was a very inspirational message that you could you could do anything you wanted to do, that the, that the world was full of possibilities, you know. Um and uh yeah, it was a very inspirational figure to me, absolutely. The level of creativity, how prolific he was, his mastery of these instruments. Later on he became a great entrepreneur, you know, starting the, the Paisley Park uh, studio and, and opening that facility and um just uh, so much respect for what he did, both in, in, in music and outside of it. He was also a philanthropist that, um, you know, uh, was, was incredibly generous with, with uh, you know, sharing the way he'd been blessed with others. A lot of those stories didn't come out until after he passed, um, mm-hmm. how he supported various charities and, and folks began to speak up about, oh yeah, he sent us a check to help us with, uh, you know, I wrote about um, in, in, in New York, when I was in New York, I worked for the Times, as you know, and we edited a story about a, a dance theater in Harlem that he had helped rescue they were faced with with closure and he just sent them a check and said, you know, here you go. And uh, you know, didn't make much of a fuss about it, didn't make much of a stink, didn't get publicity about it. But lots of those little kind of random acts of kindness I think says a lot about him as well and the kind of kind of spirit that he was, the kind of soul that he was.
0: So I'm I'm gonna ask this question in kind of a funny way, and it it's for both of you. So I, I, I'm hoping it doesn't put you too much on the spot because I I'm interested in the answer from both of you. And it'd be great if if you had different answers. Maybe you will, you maybe you won't. But If aliens landed on Earth tomorrow and they wanted to settle the debate once and for all of who's the greatest musician in the history of the universe and they brought their best song by their best musician. That's what they're putting forward. What Prince song would you send up against it? To win universal music domination.
1: That's a, tough <laughs> one. That's a really tough one. Do uh, you want to go first? No, point.
2: you go first. You're <laughs> a super
1: fan. Oh my goodness! I, I, it, it's it's you, 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 you know, know he had like four thousand songs. songs, right? Yeah. So <laughs> right. you know, I mean, you kind of have to pick one for each kind of kind of slice. You'd have to give him a sampling. I'd have to go for like three or four, <laughs> right? For for like a ballad, like a door from uh, the sign of the times album, in eighty-seven, probably my favorite album. Kind of just a one of those kind of ballads that makes your makes you melt a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, You know the rock and roll stuff. Let's go crazy. That -hmm. would be that would be great. I think when Doves cry is is uh, you know speaks for itself. Um, And kind of the arena rock anthem Purple Rain. You got I think those four I think would be the ones that I would set up if I had to. It's amazing how there a lot of them are from Purple Rain. I didn't even you know, but I think those are the ones that I think if you had to say this is. Here is our, our our contribution to the universal debate over who's the greatest <laughs> musician. Here are these four songs, a four pack, a Prince four pack. That's right. what I would, I would probably put out.
2: And wasn't is it with a Dubs Cry where he played like all every single he instrument? Did. Yeah.
1: He did. He did that for most of for his most pieces. of them. Yeah,
2: but this one it was there was something special. What happened special. was
1: he recorded it. And then he said, I don't like the drums. So we took the drums out. <laughs> so there's like no bass line at all. Oh, right? so, it's, so it's like, oh my God, well, you know, it's just, it's, that's what gives it that really distinctive sound. Okay. So, um, uh, so yeah. It's, uh, I knew there was something out of Yeah, it. yeah. and I, I think that speaks to the creativity. And, and uh, But yeah. I, I would go for that, that four, pack.
0: Are, are, are you on, on board for those four, Victoria? Do you have any? Oh, you you yes. wish, Do you have any am- amendments that you wish to add to that?
2: No, I'm trying to think. Oh, there's a silly new song that I like that, uh, well, not new-ish. Um, the baby mama song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, future baby the mama. Future baby mama. Uh, she, she likes that one. You know, that's another. You know, he it, was a fantastic was balladeer. Really, he great ballads, really fantastic was great balance. Fantastic And I think she's been in a in a maternal mood for the past uh, yes. past year and a half. So you know, you'd hear that one bopping through the, the ear now and then. Well, that that
0: was that was one of my. I mean, we still do it, but one of my favorite things with having a baby in the house was just introducing them to music and the idea that it it doesn't need to be this kid's bop interpretation. It's like, no, like you can, you can grow to love the the real, the real music that the artist actually created. So I have no doubt that Elizabeth is going to be a a tremendous Prince fan.
1: You know, I, I I don't want to force it on her. Right. (laughs) I don't want to be that parent. Right well i'll I'll introduce it gently you know and um, and we'll see hopefully by the time she's she's our age, she has an appreciation mm-hmm. for it and uh, you know uh you know there's actually a field of of princeology now, believe it or not there' oh, are wow. actually princeologists out there you know uh who who study his work and they hold conferences and things like that and it's, it's kind of really great to see the way they analyze uh you know what he's done but so so maybe uh you know she'll she'll have a, a be able to talk to some princeologists as she gets older. So.
2: Somebody shared this on Twitter the this meme, like, um, like black books and black lives albums still matter.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and Prince, you know, um, saying that where was that? That, that was, was, I
1: think, think it was a Grammy. he presented a,
2: yeah, and like, I don't know, I, I think of that, you know, he's, I know he's not here. Um, and I wonder what he would have to say oh, about, God. you know, um, Floyd's killing in his beloved, you know, Minneapolis, hometown, right? yeah. yeah. I do I, I think whenever I think of um, kind of just this idea of like just continually creating mm. and fighting for what you believe in and speaking out for what you believe in and you know he's an inspiration to us all mm. so yeah even if she's not a big Prince fan I hope that she can take that kind of that kind of lesson from him that you know you can be creative you can be yourself you can be different you can be you know something what that people are like oh that music oh we can't listen to that mm-hmm. radio stations weren't playing in songs at one point and then yet you know he wrote slave on this Face" at one point right mm-hmm. because they wouldn't give him
1: mm-hmm. he was locked into a contract
2: so he's always was really outspoken and i love that about him and it makes me as a creative person feel like you know i want to continue to create no matter what and i hope that elizabeth wants to, no, to sure. uh, whatever yeah. whatever she decides
1: and, and you she know that really, you don't have to kind of conform to, to
2: people's, people's ideas of what you have
1: to be or what you should be you absolutely. know and, and whether it's you know gender roles or other ways so um, absolutely yeah.
2: yeah he was way way ahead of his time absolutely. Um, and i think we'll be learning about him and reading about him and taking lessons from him for years to come no sure yeah, yeah.
0: I think you're absolutely right, and I think that's a a great way to wrap it up. But I did want to tell people, so you heard Rich and Victoria allude to their first date being a Prince concert. If you would like to hear that whole story, if you go back to season one, episode four, we have a great conversation about journalism and reporting for about a half an hour, and then the last five minutes is all about how she tried to blow him off until she knew he had Prince tickets. (laughs) (laughs) And we would not be sitting here having this conversation if it weren't for Prince. So I, I think that's...
1: Elizabeth would not be here. That's exactly right.
0: (laughs) Well, Richard Jones, Victoria St. Martin, thank you so much. This was a joy to do. Thank
2: you. Same, same pleasure. Thank you, thank you, thank
0: you. With a Side of Knowledge is a production of the Office of the Provost at the University of Notre Dame. Our website is withasideofpod.nd.edu.